Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Janet. And I'm Mel. Do you ladies remember celebrating Chinese holidays with your families? I remember as a kid, I would go to a bunch of these family gatherings, not knowing why we're having yet another Chinese dinner when I really wanted hometown buffet. I remember as a kid, we'd always go play at some family friend's house for dinner. Like we didn't really go to like restaurants for these celebrations. And honestly, I didn't have any friends there. So I'd be sitting there on the couch playing my Game Boy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure if the first sentence was a rhetorical question, but I was going to answer you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, no, I remember that too. A lot of times you go to family friends' houses and then you just like play with the kids and you're just like, oh, I guess this is a a holiday day what are we celebrating Mm -hmm. i don't know right yeah i guess my experience maybe was a little different because i didn't have a lot of other like outside of my family chinese people around me growing up Mm. and because um i lived a little further away in orange county all we could do is gather for a meal and then we would just default to going to a restaurant Mm. so i had a lot of they would have the set menu of the chinese cuisine my parents would love the like finer dining of the like chinese traditional banquet food Mm -hmm. and for all the kids we were like we didn't understand we couldn't appreciate it we're like we want mcdonald's Yeah, we yeah, want yeah, yeah. Burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, many memories of just like not like Chinese food again, that kind of yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I love I love banquet food. <laughs> yeah. Like give me all the the banquet food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like we just don't have the fine palate to like appreciate, you know? Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm a blend of you both because like like, like I mentioned, like my family for all these like traditions or like celebrations is always like a friend's house. So it's just like you get mm. the it's not like it's definitely more traditional, but that the banquet style, like my family didn't go out as much because they wanted mm. to quote unquote save money. Mm-hmm. So it was like a treat. Yeah. yeah. But then I enjoy like the jellyfish salad and oh, stuff. Yes. But then when the boiled chicken came out with the head, I would freak out. Oh damn. Oh. Yeah. So oh, I kinda you never like went around and played with your cousins and try to make them eat it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my grandma my grandma's she's such a She'd be. She literally took the head. She knows I was afraid. She'll put it in my face. Yeah. Oh. That was a thing. That was a thing that you do at Chinese banquets, y'all. For anyone who hasn't been to a Chinese banquet, painting the picture for you. Well, you know, as we get older, I have noticed that within myself and even within 
our friends, like even mm-hmm. amongst you two, you know, there is this genuine interest in these traditions that we used to not think twice about, mm-hmm. especially when it was related to our, you know, just like our moms forcing us to drink a bowl of soup with random herbally things or going to all of these family gatherings mm-hmm. that just seemed like a waste of time at the mm-hmm. time. But as we think about the nature of these traditions and celebrations, we start to dig deeper into the root of why we celebrate them, what the deeper meaning or purpose is, especially now as we begin to build our own families and think about how we want to celebrate with our children. Yeah, and it being uh, about mid-September right now, one of the bigger um, Chinese and Asian celebrations happens around this time of year, the Mid-Autumn Festival, also known as the Moon Festival or the Mooncake Festival. And this holiday is actually the second most important holiday after Chinese or Lunar New Year, and also known as the Chinese or Asian Thanksgiving. Um, And it dates back all the way to 3,000 years ago. Damn, that's a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, When China's emperor would worship the moon for bountiful harvest. Now, I don't know why I never thought about this because we would have mooncakes, but I was always just associating it with this like, oh, this is like a Chinese thing that we do. And Mm -hmm. I didn't think much more about it. But especially now um, in my current like interest in more like uh, self-awareness and spirituality practices, there is a lot of like taking it back to nature and, you know, certain cycles and the moon is a really big thing and I was like wow I feel really proud and also just very deeply intrigued with my culture that this is something that we do celebrate and Mm -hmm. so I had a lot of fun doing research for this episode Um, and we hope that you listeners will learn a couple of things and feel more closely tied with your cultural traditional celebrations yeah I want to add that this this actually makes total sense for Janet because she's been posting a lot like it's a full moon tonight or the new moon represents this but it's nice to have it kind of tied to something yeah like your culture yeah and things growing up where like I feel like I actually can talk to my parents about cycles of the moon and stuff and they wouldn't necessarily look at me like I'm crazy. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, yeah. In Mandarin, uh, the Mid-Autumn Festival is pronounced uh, Zongchou Jie. And in Taiwanese, it's Chunyi. And in Taiwanese, um, I have a recording for my mom. One second. Taiwanese speaking is Dongchou Jie. And this holiday is also celebrated in other cultures in Asia. Like in Korea, they have Chuseok. And in Japan, they have Tsukimi, and also they have Mid-Autumn Tet in Vietnam, and the Water and Moon Festival in Cambodia. Yes, and part of the celebrations during this moon festival include burning incense in reverence to deities, including Chang'e, who is the goddess of the moon, dragon and lion dance performances, lighting and carrying of lanterns, sometimes writing riddles on them, and having other people guess the answers of the riddles. Ooh, these sounds like fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I love Chang'e. Yeah. Oh, you love Over the Moon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ladies have any memories of celebrating the Mid-Autumn Moon Festival? Yeah. So when I was um, much younger, like elementary school years, I remember on my mom's side of the family, um, my grandmother and my grandfather actually were, uh, they would celebrate really extensively. I remember going to their house um, like for the full day and my grandma would have like the like these like formal portraits up of our ancestors like her parents who have passed like anyone who's passed right so like great-grandparents great-great-grandparents um and they would have them they essentially create an altar with photographs of your ancestors and then along the altar you have various incense and plates of fruit um and then we would go in order from like i don't remember if it was youngest to oldest or oldest youngest but every grouping of family would kneel down and then um, you would bye-bye and then you kind of pay respects and then with the incense and then you put the incense in the holder Um, and then my grandma would cook these elaborate meals um, and there's like key foods that they always would have so there was always a lot of like chestnuts and walnuts and like mushrooms 
Um, and so I was doing a little bit of research on this and supposedly the duck, um, why you eat duck on Mid-Autumn Festival is because there's an old folk tale uh, that's passed down for centuries of people coming together to overturn a, uh, a corrupt ruler in China and his name sounded like duck in the local dialect. So mm. when you eat duck, it's kind of a way to get rid of your oppressor. Oh. Um, and Eat, then also eating him and shitting him out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually love like uh, a lot of Chinese traditions, they do a lot of wordplay. Yeah. Like with the dishes oh, and stuff. Yeah. Especially during uh, Chinese New Year. Yeah. 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 And but not only is it based on the wordplay uh, and the history, but duck also for very practical reasons, eating duck in the fall has a lot of health benefits, um, according to traditional Chinese medicine. Because duck is uh, nourishing to the body and it helps to f- to fight the dryness of fall and winter time like a really popular duck dish is um is duck with taro soup uh thank you to the walks of life blog for informing me of that um and um also when i, I was talking about the kind of like different plates of fruit they were put out i do have a very specific memory of a lot of persimmons and also pomelos mm-hmm. so i don't know if you guys pomelos are like those kind of like grapefruit like fruits mm. um and pomelo once again for a wordplay it sounds like um so in mandarin it's yozi sounds like uh the phrasing bless and protect the children and descendants so it's a time where you really are like trying to connect and pay respects to your ancestors mm-hmm. and then also bless the current existing family that is on earth right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember doing that when I was much younger, but then as I got older and then my grandfather passed and my grandma got older, we no longer would gather so elaborately. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the celebrations became more just with my nuclear family, like with my mom, my dad, my sister. Um, but even then, I have a very distinct memory. And this is before Over the Moon came out as a movie and I didn't have the concept of like the name of the princess. I just remember my dad when I was like maybe five or six holding me in his arms and like we were out in the backyard looking at the moon and he was pointing up and he's like oh do you see those shadows well those shadows are actually a moon princess and her rabbit Mm -hmm. and I was like what you know but as a kid you're like oh my god because like you can point out something like I see shadows and like really there's like a person on the moon and there's this animal um so I have that really fond memory with my father um, and then just ongoing after, you know, going into like high school and starting to work, I would just come home and Mel kind of became that description of we're having dinner again with everyone. Like, what mm. are we celebrating yeah, this yeah, time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then throw in some mooncakes in there. Okay, what are we eating mooncakes for again for? Yeah. How many times a year do we do this? So, um, but yeah, when I had to think back, like from childhood, we did a lot of very deep celebrations that I would like to carry parts through for my yeah. family growing mm-hmm. up. Oh, I love that, Janet. Thank you for sharing with us. I think yeah. I had very similar um, experiences too. Two things I wanted to mention. When I look at the moon now, I still look at the shadows and I still think about the princess and the bunny. <laughs> yeah. I think my sister does too. I think because my dad told us that now we always think of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also when you say bye-bye, I think that's cute. Oh. <laughs> so you're saying it twice. That's like a very, isn't it just bye? Like you just Oh, bye. is it? I don't know. And whenever we would do it, they would. You, maybe... double, you double it too. It's oh, you bye. double it? Oh, okay. I say it too. I didn't know if they, oh, is that... Okay. I, I didn't know if that was like a, chi- like a more like a childish way yeah, 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 to say it and kids. then you just grew up with it. <laughs> But yeah, I usually say like buy scene and you ah. buy like three times. But it's I was like, oh Janet, you keep buying. Bye bye. Bye bye. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. 
Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. I'll be honest. So when I was prepping for this um, episode, I had to call my mom and I said, I asked her, did we ever celebrate mid-autumn moon festival? And she's like, actually, not really. So I was like, oh, no wonder. Because I, I was like, I don't remember celebrating this this holiday. And if it did, it definitely got blended with all the family gatherings yeah. we'd have. Like mm-hmm. whether it's like a hot pot one weekend or like, I don't know, being forced to like, oh, I had to go. So I wasn't sure what holidays were what. Mm-hmm. But I do remember as a kid, my mom's friends would, or my great aunties or the older aunties in my family would drop off mooncakes at the house. And to be honest, I think my family, we didn't really eat mooncakes as much. So I just remember like, oh, another Chinese pastry. So everything yeah, felt like, yeah, yeah. oh, another dinner. Oh, another drop of a food, you know. And as we're talking about this episode, it makes me realize that, you know, when I have a kid and we start, you know, celebrating these holidays, I want to explain to our children, like, why we're having these type of dinners versus mm-hmm. like, oh, we're just going over to Auntie Helen's house. But why? Oh, to yeah, eat? Yeah. It's like, no, it's because we're doing this. So yeah. kind of give them more context. So like when they're older, they're not like, wait, why are we doing that? Like yeah. being confused. So, yeah. yes. I think growing up, I felt the same way, too that i was like mom dad like why didn't they explain it to me but they did i just didn't listen Ah. (laughs) i was on my game boy probably (laughs) i was like i don't care you know but now we care now that we're older Mm. um for me i guess my experience is closer to janet's aside from lunar new year i think this is this is the second biggest chinese holiday for me and my family um and as we mentioned you know mid-autumn moon festival is considered the harvest festival so similar to janet during this time fruits vegetables grains they were harvested and the food was like most abundant during this time so this is why we celebrate it but my family and i every year ever since i was a kid we would go to the grocery store and we would buy all of these food offerings like moon cakes mm. a lot of fruits mm. so also pomelos which by the way i noticed that Whole Foods did not sell pomelos until Chinese New Year, Lunar New Year, and they had them there. And I was like, okay, good job, Whole Foods. You catch it on, you catch it on. But we would get pomelos, oranges, bananas, apples, and other fruits. And we'd also buy small taro. So similar to you, the the soup, right? Which is, for us, we ate it boiled, and then we would peel off the skin and dip it in soy sauce. It was very good. And then we would also get these black chestnut-like things, which I also looked up because I was like, I don't know what those are called. I've never seen it in a an Americanized grocery store. And they're called water water caltrops, C-A-L-T-R-O-P-S. And they resemble black buffalo horns. But 
I guess, like, with the taro, supposedly, and maybe this is, like, an old folklore, but the first food discovered at the time of human creation was discovered in the middle of the night in the moonlight, and it was taro. Mm, So based on this story, that is why people eat taro during this time. Oh, wow. That's one one side. I'm sure that's one side of why people eat taro, and there's probably other sides where it's, like, wordplay and things like that. Um, but with all this, like my family and I, ever since I was a kid, we would place these as offerings on either our windowsill or on our balcony outside if it's like decent weather. We would also light incense and buy scene and we would just, or bye bye, <laughs> and we would just sit and chill and sort of just like be present with our family. And the mm-hmm. moon is so round and so beautiful on this yeah. day. It is the biggest, right? Yeah, of it's supposed the to be the biggest year. of the whole year. Yeah. So we would just kind of enjoy each other's company. But I do remember during that time, I was like, why are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what, why do I need to buy a scene? Who am I buying scene to? Like, <laughs> who's this deity? Who's Chang'e? Who's this moon goddess? Um, but yeah, similarly to Mel too, like buying moon cakes, that was a huge thing. My mom mm. would always spend a ton of money because these moon cakes are not cheap. Like the gift yeah. boxes, the nicer ones are not cheap. So she would buy a bunch of those, give them to our family members, and we would get a lot back. Um, and that's supposed to represent, you know, best wishes for family reunion and, mm. and where we are now. And separate from that, we would also go into Boston's Chinatown with my mm. grandparents and all of my family members. And I'm curious if this like happened in SF or in OC, if mm-hmm. there were like celebrations in more local Chinese communities. But it, it'd be a really lively celebration. There would be like lion dancing, firecrackers, a stage for, for shows and people playing their erhu and mm. other like musical instruments showing off their talents. But there'd be these little stands with people selling like plants and clothes and other trinkets and goodies mm. and turtles. So my turtle that I had for almost 20 years that I named Dummy was from my eighth grade boyfriend. I mentioned this before on the podcast, um, but he dummy. bought, yeah, Dummy because he couldn't swim. <laughs> dummy dummy was bought at one of these mid-autumn moon festivals Aww. and I kept it for 20 years and it was alive for 20 years, which is crazy. But, you know, as we got older, we also had August moon or mid-autumn moon festival volleyball tournaments Ooh. Oh. and there would be teams from New York and DC that would come up to play in them. So in high school and beyond, Volleyball was like a huge thing that surrounded this holiday for me. Mm. And it was so fun because all of Chinatown would be out. And Boston Chinatown is like very small. So we played in this park called the Reggie Wong Park, which I think the name might have changed. But we would play there and all of these like old Asian grandpas who would always have their like white tanks lifted above their bellies because it was so hot. (laughs) They would be watching us and they would be cheering us on and telling us to like jump higher, you know, get lower and things like that. So we'd always have a huge audience around us. Mm. And it was just such a good time. And after after the tournament, we would just walk around Chinatown with the festivities and hang out with our friends and get dim sum, buy some turtles. I don't know. But <laughs> it was just like very, very good memories around Mid-Autumn Mood Festival or August Moon Festival um, and celebrating with like family first growing up and then more so friends afterwards. Mm. That sounds so much fun. Yeah. I think I, I, my memories, I just had such a strong, like those traditions growing up with my grandparents. But I think once they mm-hmm. left, like... We, I didn't grow up with a lot of like other outside of my family. And so I think these traditions didn't quite carry through Same. into my like younger and older adulthood. Yeah. Um, but as I'm hearing all the stuff that you're saying, I'm sure some places in LA and OC had small communities gathering like that. Um, and it just makes me think like when I have my own family, mm-hmm. I do want to like seek out more of those like for my kids. Okay, time out. This is happening soon. We should totally go to LA's Chinatown and see what's happening on this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. let's do, yeah. 21st. Oh, she's in, we can 
phone you in. <laughs> yeah, I'll be out of town, but yeah. it sounds like fun. I think like, as you're describing, I'm like, there's like faint memories. I know going to China, my family, mm-hmm. but a lot of these traditions, I remember like, I, I buy it a lot too and yeah. do food offerings like in Taiwan because my great grandparents would always do it. But I just didn't know why. Like yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I blended the holidays together because I knew Chinese New Year was a big thing. But then I didn't really, these other like mini, or the other holidays, you know, dispersed throughout the year. I just wasn't really like informed or mm-hmm. maybe oh, wait, I wasn't yeah. listening, you know. <laughs> but I also wonder it's because like my mom also came to the U.S. when she was 14. So she mm. didn't really do these traditions growing up. So when yeah. I asked yes, her, yeah, yeah. What are, why are we praying? She goes, oh, it's for our ancestors. It's always like, do the ancestors are like, she yeah. has kind of a light idea, but it's, yeah, it's also yeah. hard when your parent is also, doesn't really understand tradition as well. Right. So like right. now you're talking, I was like, oh, I want to, I want to learn this and like yeah. pass this on to my kids. It's okay. You we'll can, just throw can, our kids to Auntie Helen. You can, yeah. you can create your own traditions. I think that's pretty cool too. Yeah. yeah. Like for your, for your kids and, and like really make them understand it so that they can pass your traditions. Mel is like the top yeah. top-notch grandmommy that like yeah. set the traditions for your family going forward i'm watching her make something up like oh we have to eat like gummy bears yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> it's like what are you doing i'm like, yeah. an emperor from three years ago or <laughs> make something up. no but in reality i think i love hearing about your both both your experiences like you know celebrating the you know the moon the mid-autumn festival because i think i'm like i'm gonna throw my kids to you both and be like all right learn from the aunties because i'm mom's gonna learn too Mm. So give you guys some context. In Chinese culture, a round shape symbolizes completeness and reunion. So eating things like mooncakes and round fruits during this week of festivity signifies completeness and unity. So when we eat mooncakes, it symbolizes family unions, prosperity and reunion for the whole family, and also a spiritual feeling expressing love and best wishes. And there are a bunch of amazing flavors for the mooncakes, um, from like, you know, red bean paste, which is a fan favorite, to... Mm, ice cream, cream cheese, to seafood. So there's a bunch of different flavors to try. What? I know. I'm I'm, I'm surprised. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I think the more traditional ones are like the red bean paste, lotus seed paste. Um, I think you have some like uh, fruit-filled ones like pineapple, but even that's a little bit more like pop culture, like fusion, modernized. And then probably even more modernized, people are doing things like ice cream and cream cheese and probably getting, I think you also, I think traditionally there are some savory ones. Mm. So like um, five kernel and roast pork. I do remember that oftentimes there were savory items within the sweet. Um, But more more popularly, I think that it's like a sweet dessert item. So what is your favorite mooncake flavor? Uh, for me, I would say the red bean paste, mm-hmm. uh-huh, or the lotus seed paste ones are okay. Those are the basic ones I think are my favorite, but um, I usually like the ones that have a gigantic ass egg on the inside, mm, <laughs> even, though, yeah. even though that like crumbly salted duck egg is yeah. so high in cholesterol, it is so delicious. So delicious and definitely my favorite. Every time I cut it, I'm like, I'm gonna cut a bigger sliver. Because you know how it's like usually not centered? It's like on one side of the cake. It's not always perfectly yeah, centered. It's, it's intended to be this like usually it's like really sweet on the out. So for anyone who's not tried a mooncake, the outside is this kind of like Swedish bread like Yeah, it's thing. like a crust, like the golden brown crust. crust. And it's always decorated with these imprints of the symbols of the festival. So that that little crust is oh, perfection. It's so yeah. good. And then inside of that, that's the red bean paste or the lotus seed paste. And then in the middle of all of that is a salted duck egg. 
And yes, usually it's like off to the side a little bit. So I always take the piece that's off to the side a little bit. <laughs> that's more of the egg. That makes me happy. Hover oh, for you. yeah. So when I was growing up, I actually avoided the duck egg. <gasps> because to Ooh. me, yeah, I think as a kid, I like the sweetness. Mm. So my favorite actually is lotus seed. I'm a big red bread bean fan, but the lotus seed is even more sweet. And it almost reminds me of like a caramel flavor. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. that was my favorite growing up. Um, and then red bean. And um, a lot of the ones that I had actually were the smaller mooncakes that didn't have the duck egg. Because those mm. ones were like a little bit more like uh, fancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and w- we would usually cut them into like, um, I think like fourths or eighths. Mm-hmm. So then everyone could try all the different flavors. Yeah. Um, so when I was little, the duck egg, because it has that saltiness, I would I didn't like it. And then as I got older, I appreciated it. And now like probably my favorite is would be a lotus seed with the duck egg in the middle to get that savory and that sweet. Yeah. Mm. I will share a mooncake with you then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How, How about, about you, Miss Mel? To be honest, I don't have a distinct memory of eating mooncakes at all growing up. Um, have you tried? I did, but I think maybe just the palate of my family. Like, my mom and I both gravitate towards, like, wife cakes oh, yeah. and pineapple cakes. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't – I don't know if that's part of this holiday. Uh, usually that's for weddings, like local uh, band. So it's, like, wife cakes. Yeah, wife cakes. The, we had that during our tea ceremony. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, for me, that's, like – I don't know. But I remember we used to go to, like, Shanky Bakery yeah. <laughs> or those Asian bakeries. They'll be selling moon cakes and, like, the pastries and pineapple cakes. We would always, even though it's a holiday, we just always buy the other pastries. I think mm. it's just growing up in my family. Maybe it's the flavor. It's also mm. probably really bad for you. Like that's you shouldn't true. eat a whole moon cake. That's yeah, why we yeah. cut it into like eighths and you eat one piece. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's I didn't know that. It's very rich. It's very, super, super dense. Yeah. 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 So I honestly, to be honest, I don't have a very, I don't have a favorite flavor. And I will say that with red bean, um, the red bean paste flavor, like, I like red bean, but I don't think I'm, I love it. So I think that's mm. why, like, I do like the wife cakes the most, like mm. the mochi. Yeah, those ones are good. Sweet. So I think with this holiday, I feel like it's kind of in a weird way, like, even from the mooncakes, it's like a little foreign to me. Mm. So I don't have memories, actually, eating yeah. mooncakes a lot, or it's just not a big part of my family. Well, I'm excited for you to try them this year then, like, kind of as, like, a, like to discover kind of what your flavors are. Because I actually, I wonder if you would like the savory ones. Mm. Maybe. But the lotus seed, I think as you're talking, I Googled it. I was like, oh, what does this sound familiar? I, like, I think I actually had more of the lotus seed paste and the yeah. red bean paste. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember. So, you know, maybe this year we could try. I hope I like the, like, traditional flavors versus, like, oh, I want the ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, please. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, having yeah. the kind of modernized versions. That's yeah. true. Do you guys have a least favorite that my, I could avoid? Yeah, my, my <laughs> least favorite. And I... It's funny because the outside always looks the same between the five kernel and roast pork and the red bean paste and the lotus seed paste with the mm. brown crust. And every time I cut into a five kernel and roast pork one, I'm like, damn it, <laughs> I don't want this one. I am not a fan of that one at all. I don't like the I don't like the savory taste of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also feel like I'm kind of like a mooncake purist. So mm. other than like these top three that we're talking about, looking at we have like pictures right now mm-hmm. of what the other ones are, like the chocolate ones, snow skin, fruit, and vegetable. I'm just like i don't i don't see all those as like real moon cakes they're just mm. they're just like round cakes mm. yeah ultra dessert items yeah actually now that you asked that question i forgot there was a third flavor that i really liked and that was date oh, i don't know if you had that it's called tawny mm. it's the sweetest one okay so and it looks like red bean mm. because dates are dark mm-hmm. but it, if you can imagine date paste like i know that it's like popular now they do date jam but date paste is even more concentrated so it was like the sweetest one that you could get and then second sweetest was lotus seed paste and then third sweetest was red bean paste mm. so i loved i loved like super sweet when i was younger mm. um and least favorite yeah i think 
I don't know that I I don't I haven't really tried much of the savory, so I think probably it would I err towards also the more traditional the date lotus seed red bean. Mm. Let's give Mel a seafood one. <laughs> I'm gonna try it. I've never tried a, a seafood, seafood yeah, I one. Heard of that one. Oh. <laughs> I feel like we wouldn't know if we went to a store. We're like, is this a seafood one? We can't, yeah. we can't even tell. <laughs> Hi, ABGs and ABBs, it's Janet here, checking in to see if you've had your annual physical yet. Many of you tell us that you feel as if we are your big sisters, so this is me playing that annoying big sister role of making sure that you are on top of your health. If you don't know where to start, you can download the free ZocDoc app. ZocDoc is one of the easiest ways to find a great doctor, and you can even book an appointment directly in the app. Here's how it works. You type in which type of doctor you're looking for, whether that's a primary care physician, a dentist, a dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, whatever it may be, add in your location, your insurance, and your desired appointment date. ZocDoc then returns profiles of doctors that match your needs. Their doctor profiles are clutch and one of my favorite parts of using ZocDoc. It's super detailed with a photo of the doctor, their bio, ratings which detail the average wait time, their bedside manner, and verified patient reviews. You can even book an appointment directly in the app. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com ABG and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's ZocDoc.com slash ABG. So another thing um, about this holiday that I didn't know until I did research on it was that traditionally um, the Mid-Autumn Festival is also an occasion to celebrate marriages. And oftentimes, the, you know, if you think about the cycle of the moon, not only does it have to do with harvest, but it also has to do with the, the woman's like menstrual cycle. So oftentimes girls would pray to the moon de- deity Chang'e to help fulfill their romantic wishes. And in some parts of China, dances are held for young men and women to find partners. So, I don't know, Miss Mel, have you <laughs> know this new tradition? Maybe we can go to like, Chinatown and see if uh, anyone's hosting any of these like uh, traditions uh, of dances trying to pair up some peoples. I mean, wasn't I not doing that at the clubs every day? <laughs> <laughs> every, every day is mid-autumn food. food yeah, at the club. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I have a question. You said this also is in relation to your period cycle, menstrual yeah. cycle. How does it relate to marriage? So yeah, yeah, that's good. Sorry, I kind of blended those together. So, so to be more clear, yeah, it's um, it's a choice occasion to celebrate. So the moon and then its cycles not only relate to harvest, but it relates to the woman's body in terms of fertility. Okay. So sometimes they'll celebrate fertility if you're already married and you're wanting to have a child. Oh, got it, got it. And then other times, if you're single, it's also relating to wanting to find a partner. So all over, all of this stuff is around like finding a union, mm. bearing children, carrying on, you know, that kind of a thing, got which it. I didn't think about. But I was like, yeah, then there's like. For every age or something appropriate, whether you're having kids or you're trying to find a partner. That's true. Or you're just celebrating your period, I mm. guess. I don't. <laughs> That's true. That makes sense because I think the story of Chang'e is that she had a husband who was an archer. And, okay, let me try and tell the story. And there were 10 sons, not daughter sons, but <laughs> moon sons. Moon sons. <laughs> and the archer 
shot down nine of the ten sons because it was so hot that not, none of the fruits or vegetables were harvesting oh, and mm, you know, everyone was it, yeah. couldn't eat. So he shot them down and as a gift, someone gifted him an elixir of immortality. And Chang'e either accidentally took it from him and drank it or sneakily took it from him and drank it. There are different versions of that story. But she drank it and then she flew to the moon and I think he was like really upset at her. And over time, though, he would look up and miss her. And so it was kind of like a love story. It's a weird love story, but she got stuck on the moon and he didn't have any of the elixir left to go to see her. So every year until he died, he would put out these harvests and these like these um, the things that we do now with the pomelos and the mooncakes and things like that to buy scene to her, I guess. Mm. Ah, to but kind of to honor, give, her, to honor maybe, her. Yeah, try to like get her to come back. Yes, that's yeah. that's <laughs> one version of the story, but it is rooted in somewhat of a love story. So it does mm. kind of also make sense with the, you know, with the celebrating like unions, trying to get people to come together. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's a beautiful story. It's kind of fucked up, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's cool to understand these folklores. Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't grow up with hearing about a bunch of these stories. Yeah. I only know, like, the Little Red Riding Hood, you know? <laughs> the Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> like, the American or over, stuff. over the moon. It's like, yeah, yeah. what happens at the moon? Yeah, yeah. All right, so it's like this mid-autumn festival, you'll see me in Chinatown with some mooncakes, dancing, trying to find my man. <laughs> so I hope I see some of you listeners there as well. Um, but I really enjoyed this episode because I think, you know, as someone that didn't really celebrate this holiday as much as my family, I got to learn so much about the traditions and the cultural significance through you both and the facts Janet pulled. So I am really excited to be able to, I'm really excited to celebrate this holiday moving forward with you both and our friends and with my family. So thank you so much for sharing. And I hope you both, I hope you all also took away something from this episode as well. Join us for the next episode where we continue talking about the Mid-Autumn Moon Festival, but this time we dig deeper into the meaning behind the holiday, some of the concepts around gathering, Thanksgiving, prayer, and uh, the moon and concepts of renewal and rejuvenation. Y'all, it sounds a little woo-woo, but trust me, it's a good episode. It's a good (laughs) episode. You're going to want to catch it. Stay tuned. Tune in next week. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. If you resonated with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. And if you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called Dear ABG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is at asianbossgirl. And we just have two shout-outs for today from Jonathan to Nicole in Melbourne. Happy one-year anniversary. Oh, and thank you for making me happy. Jonathan says he loves you, Nicole. So sweet. From Sreya to Jin in New Jersey, Sreya says, thank you so much for letting me stay with you when I was visiting. You are the best. Love you. Oh, so cute. Thanks, everyone, for spreading the love on our shout-outs. If you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree in our link in bio and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. And with that, we'll catch you all on the next episode. Bye. Bye.